Ah, sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. So this topic, I have to begin with the the old caveat that we are nonpartisan and we're not pushing or seeking to tear down any presidential candidates, but we do think their religion is fair game and that it's important that especially candidates who project their religion into the public arena, uh, that we have every right to take a look at what they stand for. And so I'm going to welcome back to Freedom's Ring today my good friend Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty, a magazine for religious freedom. And our topic of the day is Ted Cruz and his ties to dominionism. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, Lincoln. Thank you. And you're right. I think it's fair game. I mean, uh, uh, we, we don't have a political identity or an agenda with Liberty Magazine or with Freedom's Ring, I'm sure. But, but we need to comment on these things. And and while most presidential elections of late, religion has been front and center, we haven't heard too much about it this time. But it's there with a vengeance, in particular with Ted Cruz's candidacy and the backers and the more than that, the agenda that he really personifies. Well, and he put together a very prominent uh, religion committee or religious freedom committee as well. But let me start the conversation by asking you to give a very brief explanation to our listeners. What is dominionism? Well, uh, dominionism, in my view, has its modern roots in the in the expressions of, or in the uh, the work of Francis Schaeffer back in the 70s. He, it was really a, at once a retrograde look at, at what he saw as Christianity in, in the uh, culture, and yet then they projected it forward into America to, as they now say openly, to reclaim this nation for a sort of a mythical Christian uh, overlordship, and the, the the terms that that are being used even now is taking back and reclaiming. I don't deny the influence of Francis Schaeffer, but I see uh, Rusus Rushduni as kind of the godfather. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's even more extreme. You know, I, I take whole talks on that. Uh, the Christian Reconstructionist uh, Rushduni uh, set that up, and and his uh, son-in-law Gary North carried it forward, and, and may still. I haven't heard of him much lately, but yes, Christian Reconstructionism is, is sort of like uh, uh, ISIS on steroids for Christianity. <laughs> they want to establish a, a, an Old Testament regime in America, ruled by, uh, uh, you know, the eye for an eye and, and all of the uh, harsh Old Testament rules, and they've said publicly that uh, Sabbath-breaking, which would mean Sunday uh, disobedience for them, uh, 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 adultery, homosexuality would be mandatory death. That's extreme. And I believe there was, I, I'm forgetting which nation in Africa that... Uh, Uganda, I think it was. I, I think you're right. Had promoted a law to to uh, execute gays, and that was the Reconstructionist influence there. Well, they were, yeah, some of their leaders went over there and hyped them up, and, and uh, outside the U.S. they could be less uh, disguised in their agenda, and, and the, the result was this the death penalty law. Amazing. So, okay. Yes, you're right. That's a very relevant connection. But I wouldn't want to say that dominionism is reconstructionism. It derives from, but it's a light version. But it's a very triumphalist view 
that in the United States resonates with a lot of people who wouldn't go for Reconstructionism, but Dominionism appeals because it links to what what has always sort of floated along in America, the idea of American exceptionalism, Christian nation, that, you know, God has blessed this country, he's got his hand over it in a special way, and it's got a, a, an allure for, for many well-meaning Christians, but it could easily go the way of the of the Taliban in a Christian environment. Ah, okay. So we have a picture of what we're calling dominionism, and why do we think that Ted Cruz has some links or ties to dominionism? Well, we, we know that he has. I mean, they're, uh, they're well stated. I was just uh, looking at one report where they quoted David Brooks, the New York Times columnist, and he called it political brutalism. Uh, not allowing for his liberal leanings, you know, to use a term like that, it's pretty heavy-handed. Uh, and and on your program, you've often discussed uh, David Barton. I know the uh, Dominionist, uh, for want of a better uh, uh, tag on him, the Dominionist historian or a rethinker of history. It's not well accepted with true historians, but he's retelling the American history, and he's linked very closely. In fact, runs uh, a super PAC for uh, uh, Ted Cruz. Well, and he's also on the uh, the religious Cruz's religious freedom committee. Absolutely, they're they're all together. Then there's uh, Cruz's own father, Raphael, the traveling evangelist, and he has this view, and he stated that there is a uh, a need for Christian kings to preside over end time transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous, and uh, it's been said in public meetings that they believe Ted Cruz is one of these kings, <laughs> and and. Uh, uh, Larry, uh, I, I know uh, our republic has fallen on hard times, but I didn't know we were on the verge of monarchy. Well, at least the religious uh, monarchical system. And, and as far as dominionism, the form of dominionism that's uh, directly behind this campaign and this candidate has been stated as the seven mountains dominionism. And the seven mountains that they want to climb, dominate, and to integrate into this new uh, Christian rule in this country are family, religion, education, media, entertainment, business, and government. In other words, again, I don't use the word Taliban lightly or, or invoke Islam. It's, there's no distinction between separation of state. Every aspect of society is to be incorporated into this uh, religious triumphalism. And, you know, separation of church and state, out the window. And that's our guiding principle with Liberty Magazine, and I know with everything you're promoting. Well... You know, there was a, a, a recent article that I read uh, linking him also to something called the New Apostolic Reformation Movement, um, where they believe there are a number of modern-day prophets whose words certainly have authority as prophets. So it uh, for those of us who are traditional Protestants believing in the Bible and the Bible only— this is getting a little sketchy. Well, we believe in prophets too, but you know, you got to test by their fruits. You shall know them. And and uh, uh, as you and I know, when you talk about religious liberty, if there's any aspect of coercion, it's not God's way. It's not the way of religious liberty. And you know, I'm sure many of our dominionist uh, uh, factions will, will be happy with this. But to foist a very distinct and aggressive religious agenda on this country, I think will run roughshod over religious liberty for the vast majority of people. That's the danger of it. They have every right to hold this, and, and in most cases, I'd grant Ted Cruz and all of his uh, affiliates, 
you know, that they they have a, a good intention. They want to reestablish godliness and so on, but their model is wrong. They've latched onto a, an aggressive political solution to a spiritual problem. You know, that's a point that bears repeating, Lincoln. Uh, it's not that the diagnosis is wrong, it's that the, the medicine is the wrong medicine. Absolutely. To say that America has some profound spiritual failings is to say, you know, you've opened your eyes today and taken a look around. Uh, but then to say that the solution for our moral problems, for our spiritual problems, lies in government, that's um, that's completely on the wrong track. Absolutely. And there's another aspect that's more political than religious, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, the Ronald Reagan uh, religious right crew and the George Bush Jr. crew had a view that is held by this crew, and it was summed up uh, by the Christian News Service recently. They said that this agenda, uh, like for them, religious liberty is a code word for, and this is in quotes, defending the right of Christians to continue to hold cultural authority and privilege. In other words, they see themselves as the religious elite. This is their country, and, and they, they want to continue to hold on to power. You can look at it more cynical, and it's not that dissimilar to the uh, plantation class in the South wanting to hold on to, you know, their, their great life. You know, in fact, there was a religious uh, uh, cynicism about that, too. And I think it, it's really coded for just an inside group. They call themselves Christians, want to be Christians, but it's their inside group that wants to hold and maintain power. You know, it's not a really a general Christian sensibility. Lincoln, this to me helps explain why the media has been so hostile to religious freedom of late. I think they see religious freedom not as true freedom the way you and I see it, but, you know, as this code for a right-wing agenda. Absolutely. Well, the way I put it, maybe it's, I hope it's simpler, is more and more in the United States it's devolved into religious entitlement for a particular group. Uh, certainly most Protestant uh, organizations have, have made that shift. They're against separation of church and state. They want entitlement. The Roman Catholics still support separation of church and state, but it's with the caveat of, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the term they use, but basically uh, uh, they're separate, but the state is subsidiary to the church. So they're sort of sitting there poised to assert their superior role. But in the meantime, separation of church and state. And both models are very problematic. Well, I think that the Roman Catholic you know, leadership in America values a separation of church and state, yes. particularly in terms of the respect for institutional autonomy, which is to say that they can run their Catholic institutions according to their own values, because increasingly we're seeing challenges to our rights to run our schools and hospitals according to our own values. Absolutely, and, and it's a matter of history that the Roman Catholic Church in the United States, further back you go, they were on the receiving end of, of some bad uh, concepts of church and state. It was seen as, as a, an aggressively Protestant country, and they were disenfranchised. We've come a long way since then, and it's wonderful that the Catholic Church does hold to the constitutional aspect of separation of church and state. I'm just saying their structural model holds it in abeyance to some uh, theoretical moment when the superior role of the church might be asserted, but not right now. Well, uh, to kind of challenge the view that we're talking about just for a moment, 
it seems as though the pendulum has been moving so fast in terms of uh, sexual liberation, um, the rights not just of same-sex marriage, but now uh, a huge push on transgender rights. I mean, when I grew up, I didn't even know what a transgender person was. Um, you know, it wasn't in our consciousness. And now all of a sudden, religious freedom has to take a back seat to the rights of, of transgender people and, uh, you know, which bathroom they decide is the right place for them. That's part of the culture war, and there's real issues at play. You say Ted Cruz and his supporters have identified a real moral confusion in, in our modern society, and some things perhaps could well be disentangled. Very unfortunate that in the battle for these new rights, it's being tilted against religious rights. And, and in that regard, the Dominionists or Ted Cruz or you know any other religious group that's active politically, they're, they're probably half right. But how do you solve this? And political force is not the way to do it, in my view. Political power and coercion. Well, and I think there's a distinction between how we use law to address moral issues and whether we use law as a means of addressing spiritual issues. Absolutely. But that's going to have to be a discussion for another time. We've been talking about presidential candidate Ted Cruz, his ties to dominionism, with my good friend Liberty Magazine editor Lincoln Steed. Lincoln, pleasure as always to have you on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you. And as we close, we want to remind listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk the talk, we offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's www.churchstate.org. And you can now listen to Freedom's Ring anytime you wish on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Uh, Check out our SoundCloud radio station. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association today on the web at religiousliberty.info. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.